Jinx Monsoon, and welcome Keep it to in, a- Camille. Keep the stumble in. We need to keep her humble. Go ahead, Mom. You were doing uh, great. You just had the one stumble there. You know what? How do I mute you from here? Because I'm I don't the producer. think you can. Yep, and you're muted. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Hello everyone, I'm Jinx Monsoon, and this is I'm 40% Podcast. As always, my little shit of a co-host, my biological son, and best friend of the same age, Nick Sahoya jo- joins us for yet another fun-filled episode. Nick, how you doing? Um, I, I can't talk, I'm muted, I'm sorry. That's funny because we heard you, so. Well, then you're not a very good producer. You should actually keep up with what's actually going on because it's called being yeah, a co-host. Our guest is waiting to punches. be introduced. You, why are Listen, you starting drama for no reason? No reason. I have every reason. I'm in London right now. That's reason enough. Today, we have a very special guest, um, kind of within the Futurama family at large. We have Johnny Lezevnik, who wrote an episode of The Simpsons with um, your father. <gasps> yes. <laughs> Welcome, Johnny. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I did write an episode of The Simpsons. Um, also, I didn't mention this, uh, but I did also briefly date the child of a Futurama writer. What? Um, <laughs> I can't, I'm not going to give any names, but we dated for <laughs> a month. He was my first boyfriend ever. I dumped him extremely unceremoniously, and I do still feel bad about it. So um, that's where I'm coming from in the, in the Futurama cinematic universe. Okay. I well, was so- I don't think it's... Um... I, I want to talk about this because you... There's so uh, much to talk you, about. You're, <laughs> you're an accomplished animation writer in general. You've written oh, for the Rugrats and some other kids shows and stuff. So it's it's totally fair to say that you did write the the episode of The Simpsons that you wrote with your father. I so, did, yes. <laughs> Which is such you, a fun detail. <laughs> were you being married off in a sort of like royal matrimony <laughs> sense yes. to sort of That's merge how... the kingdoms mm-hmm. of Simpsons and Futurama? Yep. When you work on a Mac rating show, it's very, um, these things are predetermined. Uh, So I'm hopeful that um, one of my kids will get a disenchantment marriage, but, um, you know, it's it's (laughs) impossible to really say at this point. So I I was so concerned about getting the episode started that I feel like I kind of just like, um, you know, just kind of like plopped it out that you wrote an episode of the simpsons but yes you are an anna you are um the closest thing to an expert we've ever had on this show before you actually wow. write for you write for animated television I do write animated tv um uh, it sounds like the simpsons futurama disenchanted families are all intertwined like some kind of 
mafia syndicate, which is um, really prescient for this episode. (laughs) What what many people don't know is that we all live in a big house together. Um, It's sort of Big Brother (laughs) style. Um, And that's how I was raised. So I really do. This is really in my blood. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is true. Uh, <laughs> no, but I um I've seen every episode of The Simpsons. I've seen every episode of Futurama. Um, a bunch of other animated shows too. But I'm I'm coming at this from a place of of knowledge and um forgetfulness because I do forget everything. Everything is in one year out the other. So um I have seen every episode of Futurama, and I'm sure you will reference things, and I will be like, who is Amy? Um, so <laughs> that's that's gonna be the vibe today. Mm-hmm. So before we get into the episode, let's talk about your Simpsons episode, which was well, so so was gay, which I really appreciated. Let me ask the questions here. First of all, so you wrote You're that being episode. Too slow. You wrote the episode with your father. Is your your father also an animated television writer? Is this a lineage thing? Or did it absolutely you... <laughs> is. <laughs> so is your father a writer for The Simpsons regularly? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So this um, is nepotism we're talking about here. <laughs> yes. And it, one of my, like, so blatantly, and one of my favorite things about writing this is that people would tweet at me being like, um, I think this is nepotism. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Can you not see that we have the same last name and that's exactly what happened? Um. I, do I don't think, think nepotism's to... <laughs> always a bad thing, right? I mean, without nepotism, England wouldn't have a royal family, right? So <laughs> we, we wouldn't have Liza Minnelli. Um, we wouldn't nepotism. have Liza Minnelli. We wouldn't that's have. The, um, we wouldn't have fucking Miley Cyrus. <laughs> we wouldn't have who else? So true. Um, there's, I nope, mean, like Zoe Kravitz. Look at the whole goddamn Kardashian, um, uh, Kardashian yeah, Jenner. Just... Kremlin Just riddled family. with talent over there. Um, <laughs> say Kremlin. <laughs> I, I, I don't um, really pay attention to that <laughs> uh, franchise. Nor do I. <laughs> One thing that makes me really happy, Johnny, is that you are a su- uh, successful children's TV writer who is also a shameless Instagram thought. And that's really... Wow. that's. That's the vision I have for my future. You're a very inspirational person. (laughs) Thank you so much. People keep trying to tell me that I'm a good writer and groundbreaking and all these things. And I really just want to be known as hot. Um, And (laughs) I'm I'm on that journey. I'm trying to make a name for myself as a hot dumbass. Um, And it's going middling, (laughs) I would say. Well, you're talking to the right person. Nick Sahoya's entire life has surmounted to just um, him being a hot dumbass. That's if 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 you could get a degree in being a hot idiot, um, Nick would be a fucking masters, two times masters older. Uh, I have a degree in English, which is pretty similar. <laughs> just as useful. Mine's in psych, which, yeah, I feel like right there. You're not only um, hot, but you're also super duper queer, um, which I'm all for. You know, you're you're hot and, you know, you subvert the gender binary. So kudos to you. Which one of us you. are you talking to? It doesn't matter anymore. Johnny, I'm talking to you, Johnny. Um, now oh, let's talk about this sure. gay, gay, gay Simpsons episode. It's a more Please. recent episode. Smithers decides it's time to finally get over Mr. Burns. And he starts dating someone just like Mr. Burns, but gay and slightly more evil. What was it like writing that episode with your father? The story of like, I did something with a parent 
and it went really well is not told very often. Um, mm-hmm. So I've been very loud about telling it <laughs> because I think it's a really special um, thing that we were able to do. Um, no, it was amazing. And I really, my mission with this is, you know, The Sims has tackled gayness a lot in the show's history, um, a lot of my favorite episodes. And I was like, I would love to write a gay episode of The Simpsons that's really for gay people. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think the, the other ones have become like for gay people in the John Waters episode and the Harvey you know, fire scene episode are some of my favorites. But I really, I wanted one where there was going to be jokes where straight people were like, I don't really know why this is funny. And gay people were There's like, There's a Provincetown their minds joke. And There's some deep yeah. cuts in there. Yeah, the Provincetown I'm very proud of that reference. one. <laughs> I actually just rewatched the John Waters episode and two very funny things about it is um, one <laughs> that was like John Waters is coming out essentially. And that's back in the days when, um, uh, when uh, celebrities had to come out on television, basically. Uh, <laughs> and John Waters chose the Simpsons. Um, <laughs> the other thing that was really funny about it to me is that Homer is extremely prejudiced in this episode, learns that he was wrong for being prejudiced, and then basically is cool with gay people for the rest of Simpsons history. <laughs> Because yep. later he um, ends up doing drag to win uh, to win Marge's affection back. Um, really? When, yeah. I didn't when RuPaul and Raja um, guest oh, voice. Oh, that episode. Yes, on, I did yes, see that. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I was going to say before before we move on to the episode that I'm also a very big fan of you guys. Um, we talked a little bit about this earlier, but oh, um, I like my roommate and I watched Monsoon season in our in our apartment and. Um, the quote that I still use all the time is when you just threw the handful of spare change at the unhoused person on the street and went, oh, yes, I'm very rich now. Um, I yes. quote that all Shout the time. out to Corbett Cummins, my uh, <laughs> comedian friend in Seattle, who did that take funny. three or four times laying on the ground. <laughs> it, um, physical um, comedy where I get to be slightly abusive to people is one of my favorite things. It's why we... Um, <laughs> It's, uh, you know, of course, with consent and, you know, we practice it so that everyone's safe. But I, I've slapped um, I've slapped Nick countless times in our work together. And Which is really a takeoff of Homer strangling Bart, I would say. Yeah. yeah. The episode is called Bender Gets Made. There's no cold open. Uh, the Chiron says simulcast on crazy people's feelings. This Chiron is just OK. I think it's too specific. I- a little stigmatizing yeah, i give it three it out of five it, chirons it's like on some crazy people's teeth is that what that that kind of feeling i think the idea because there's a reference to this in the robot insane asylum episode where one of the robots has satellites in his teeth and here's the fbi it's um, actually a recurring trope just in um pop media that like it's a recurring trope that people have talked about oh, like being able to pick yeah, yeah, up yeah. radio stations on their teeth fillings. Yes. And I don't okay. know what that's about. Is that like some old archaic dentistry where they used to put like some kind of metal in your tooth that would pick up a radio station? I don't know. But I like- think it's is it like vaccines, like the conspiracy theory that they're like yeah. infecting you with microchips? Is it like a conspiracy theory thing? I think it's a, a 5G COVID thing. thing. Yeah. But like old school 5G COVID. Um. It's a 5G COVID <laughs> thing and a three star Chiron. I agree. 
Thank you. <laughs> we open you know on what? Fuck it. I give TV. it a two, two Chirons. Two yeah. Chirons. Good, yeah. good for you. That's fair. That's a fair rating. We have to use the whole scale. Um, <laughs> we open on MTV. It's like MTV, but with many M's. And it's a studio. Elzar is taping his show. Leela Fry and Bender are there to watch. Um, we know has anyone... that Bender is a huge Elzar fan, but is this officially yes. the first time they meet Elzar? Because Elzar, for a celebrity chef, comes into their life very often. <laughs> They've definitely met him before, but this is the first time we're seeing his TV show in person. I can say that for sure. They have met him before, though. They've met him. Because he doesn't see like it's the first time. Yeah, he's, I know, but Bender, Bender even is... says it's the first time seeing Elzar. That's have not we, true. Have we, the audience, only met him through his TV show? The wild thing is, I'm 90% sure he's been in like three episodes already, and I couldn't <laughs> tell you one of them. <laughs> so, well, we don't I'm need, pretty it, sure. I guess it's not important, but they are at a live taping of Elzar's <laughs> TV show. Um, one of my favorite bits from this section of the show is that Elzar says, we're going to teach you how to make old world, old fashioned gumbo. Start with, we're going to start by boiling some clams in a pot of old world, old fashioned gumbo. <laughs> <laughs> so really, um, I, I don't know if this is a dig at... Uh, is it a dig at um? What's the real chef's name? Why am I forgetting his name right Emerald. now? Elmer. Emerald. <laughs> Elmer. 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 I don't know if this is a dig at him, a dig at um TV chefs in general, or just a dig at Elzar being not really a great chef, but um. <laughs> Uh, Bender is beside himself with excitement and is being an extremely obnoxious audience member. And I have to say, this was a little triggering for me as a cabaret performer and a drag queen. (laughs) Lots of times we get people coming to our shows who think they're helping the show by yelling Mm. responses to everything. I would like all of our listeners to know right now, if you come to one of my shows, my shows are scripted. And the audience doesn't have any lines. So um, (laughs) if you ever find yourself at a Jinx Monsoon or Jinx Monsoon co-production, any any form of show that I do, just know right now that you are not helping me by shouting constantly at me. I was really taken aback when you guys sent me the script for this podcast. I really didn't think that there was this is a script for that. Um, and hey, don't I, I'm so sorry for all these interjections. Stop <laughs> Johnny, what's your relationship to cooking and or TV cooking shows? Are you a chef yourself? Uh, do you have a favorite TV chef? I am. Um, I, I do a lot of cooking. I post all of it on my Instagram story in the hopes of ensnaring a husband through my cooking because obviously the... <laughs> being hot and very funny is not working. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I do watch some cooking stuff. Um, I'm not like a diehard, like Bon Appetit girl or any of like, I, I really, I, I went through a top chef era. Um, I, I'm just not like crazy big on, on a cooking show. Um, I, I gotta say though, I was really in this episode, I was all in on the spice weasel. Um, I really, Bam. I love, and I, and by that I do mean Jinx. Is um, I call I call you the Spice Weasel. That's okay, right? Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So you're similar coloring. Um, yeah. 
I just love that bit. I thought it was insane. I also really like that usually there's like some kind of element of like futurism to Futurama jokes and Spice Weasel is just chaos. There's no, I don't feel like it's a particularly yeah. futuristic thing. Is the weasel an alien weasel that is already full of spices or have <laughs> they filled the weasel with the spices? It could be a genetic modification. Like it, should, it could be a genetically yeah. altered weasel. Whatever mm-hmm. it is, it's an animal that is alive that you squeeze spices spices out of and then I guess the animal continues living and maybe it enjoys being squeezed um it's yeah, nice maybe it's see- like a cow and you need to milk it it's happier when it has been <laughs> yeah we already know that the meat industry is wildly problematic and I I don't know about the treatment of spice weasels but right. I'd like to hope right. that the, smi- the spice weasel is taken care of and maybe this is a good thing for the spice weasel. It's a free-range you know, spice weasel. Like, <laughs> if, if, if you Organic. don't squeeze the spices out of it occasionally, that maybe it will become too bloated with spice. And <laughs> <laughs> Right, 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 right. Uh, <laughs> I also, we get the heckle, work that weasel, quit holding out on us, which I really liked. I thought that was awesome. And um, We have a few masturbation jokes in this in this episode. Um, <laughs> okay, I have something very important to talk about. Mm-hmm. At 57 seconds into the episode, you see Randy in the audience, in the <laughs> foreground, and he's clapping. The camera pans to the to the right. <laughs> you see Fry. Fry's hair is blocking someone in the background. When Fry moves his head, you can clearly see Randy is also in the background. <laughs> <laughs> and he's clapping. Excuse me. In episode two thirty eight, Itchy plays Scratchy's rib cage like a xylophone. He hits the same rib bone twice, but it makes two specifically different sounds. Are we supposed to assume that this is some sort of <laughs> magical xylophone? <laughs> Fuck off, Nick. Go to hell. Who cares? <laughs> I think it's gay erasure. <laughs> he's not a disposable character. He's our one gay representation on the show. <laughs> oh my Nuh-uh. god. Nuh-uh. There's hedonism bot. Um, okay, fair. Hedonism yeah. bot, super An gay. honest to God queen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But people um, at home, go watch the episode and pause mm-hmm. it and you'll see <laughs> when Fry moves his head, his hair, his pointy hair piece is blocking Randy, but then you see him again. <laughs> It's the same shot. The camera never changes. <laughs> well, okay. Um, shut up, Nick, is all I have to say about that. Um, right. I actually think, I forgot to say this, but I think this is a, one of the better written episodes. Um, so as we continue to go through funny. this review, I'd like mm-hmm. to hear Johnny's hot takes as a writer. Um, mm-hmm. But... Um, we got to get a little bit further into the plot. The Spice yeah. Weasel. Um, <laughs> Elzar Wait, that's said, another... solution for getting further is talking about the Spice Weasel the, Another no, Futurama well... queer icon. <laughs> <laughs> Elzar says, against my better judgment, I am going to n- knock this up an additional notch. He squeezes <laughs> out the Spice Weasel, and in doing so lines Leela and this sets up for a huge plot point throughout the episode which I love when the I love when the um the introductory plot or the um you know the setup for the a plot I love when it actually comes back like later on in the episode and has a purpose um it's always to me better writing when the thing that like sets up for the a plot actually 
plays into the A plot later. Whereas, you know, there's many episodes where it's like they go to fucking, I don't know, Mars. And then by the end of the episode, Mars had nothing to do with anything. So um, this is a better written episode. And that's one of um, one of the reasons why, in my humble opinion. (laughs) Um, They go to Taco Bellevue (laughs) Hospital. (laughs) To treat uh, Leela's eye, um, the Kajigger lady is being treated by the Taco Bell Chihuahua, <laughs> and she says, "Doctor, tell me how's my cyst." And he says, "Grande," <laughs> which Nick, I like. How did you feel about this joke? <laughs> I think you're the only one in the in the conversation right now who gets to have an opinion on that. Uh-huh. So tell us how you felt about the Taco Bell dog. Um, I like a talking chihuahua, so I have no issues with it. I think if there's going to be a talking chihuahua, you should, of course... As a Mexican-American, did you feel represented by the Taco Bell dog doctor? No, because the Taco Bell dog was all the way Mexican. I'm just a quarter. Um, no, I think if there's a talking chihuahua, it should indeed have a Mexican accent. I thought this was a 10 out of 10 joke. (laughs) I have no notes. I don't know, as a member of the talking chihuahua community um i don't have a mexican accent and i'm sorry to have let you down when they showed up when you see the taco bellevue sign i was like okay like that's funny and that's gonna be the end of this and i can't believe that they doubled down on that like solidly mediocre pun by doing an extra joke on it it really yes and we we revisit the taco bellevue hospital later in the series but we do not see the the taco bell chihuahua He's also an alien. He's not He's just a Taco Bell Chihuahua. <laughs> He's he has a Taco like an Bell Chihuahua alien, which begs the question, is there a race of alien chihuahuas right. <laughs> that are sentient? And maybe they first landed on Earth in Mexico, and that's why they have <laughs> learned Spanish as their first language, giving them a sort of Mexican accent. This, this better be the entire Futurama reboot is just about the Taco Bell Chihuahua alien species. Oh, we gotta go to their planet. We gotta see what's up there. Yeah, I want. I want the in-depth backstory. The doctor is testing Leela's eyes. He says, "What does this look like to you?" And she says, uh, "A grayish blob." And he says, "Great, that's right, because it's a grayish blob." And then he holds up a picture of a toucan playing tennis. Tennis. And she says, uh, "A grayish blob." Not as right that time. This to me is a very funny joke. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm really happy with this joke. I am really happy how optimistic the doctor is when she's able to identify the grayish blob at first. <laughs> it's such a Futurama joke, too. Like, if you put that out of context and ask me what show it was from, I would be able to tell you. Yeah. Yeah, Futurama's really good at sort of misdirects. And I feel yeah. like this is a, a very good misdirect. Excellent. Um, Dr. Zoidberg, I just have to say, this is a really solid Dr. Zoidberg episode. He has a lot of my favorite quotes. Um, he's acting uh, really <laughs> wild in the operating room. So they give him tranquilizers and he says, why always the fighting? Which I say a lot. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> so that. we, I mean, Dr. Zoidberg is feeling very insecure here because he is 
the company doctor, and yet they took Lisa. <laughs> Lisa, they took Lisa. Lila to a hospital, <laughs> um, which begs the question: Why do they even have a company doctor if, as soon as there's a medical emergency, so they outsource? Doctor Zoidberg has a great line where he says, "I bet I've lost more patients than this doctor has treated." <laughs> Zoidberg often brags about how many patients he's lost, as if that's some sort of um, signifier for how good of a doctor he is. I mean, it is, but not the way he's he's using it. But uh, I needed to explain the joke to anyone. I just think it's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. So Leela has to get an eye patch, just one big eye patch on her big old eye. And Fry's <laughs> like, oh, it looks great. I'm going to get one too. And then he's like, no, no. <laughs> um, and Dr. Zoidberg is coming down from drugs. Another good Dr. Zoidberg quote. Do you want yeah, to do that lo- one, Jinx? <laughs> I don't. I was going to say. It's just I'm coming down. <laughs> I'm coming down. I was just going to say I like that when they come out from the emergency room, they come out and Zoidberg Zoy- says, thank you for helping me, Leela. Because <laughs> she had to lead him out because he was so high on the painkillers. <laughs> um, wait. Remind me, how did the doctor administer the painkillers to Zoidberg? Was it was with an injection? It was a pill. A pill, good. He just okay. put it in his mouth. Oh, it's <laughs> the candy, right? He's like, candy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you yeah, yeah. silence me with candy. Yeah, I'm glad <laughs> that they knew not to, because there was a part of me that was worried they tried to inject him because we already know it's that worried. needles don't work on <laughs> Zoidberg's mm-hmm. shell. Anyway, Johnny, I was worried. When you're, working on, when you're working on a cartoon, are you very worried that like maybe a one-off gag in a previous episode will invalidate <laughs> your joke? <laughs> because we obsess about stuff like that a lot. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, it is so terrifying. Like, if I were a writer of the Futurama reboot, I think I'd be so scared because everyone will be looking at it with a magnifying glass. I've been really lucky to write on preschool shows that no one has seen and no one will ever see. Um, so I'm like, mm, like, what about continuity? And I'm like, if three people watch this, I will be thrilled. Um, so, uh, I, and if less, the preschoolers so. notice, that's like a good like learning lesson for them. You know, they're absolutely education school. Johnny, you've written for Rugrats. I'm assuming it's new Rugrats, not the Rugrats yes. um, from when because yes. you're six years older well, than he. <laughs> he was a baby, and they were like, "We need someone who understands these Rugrats." Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was of Rugrats age, and they wanted a, a source from the inside. Honestly, and- like. Rugrats should write Rugrat roles. You know, we shouldn't <laughs> be need more Rugrat this. representation. <laughs> that is the hill I will die on. Yeah. <laughs> um. So okay. So <laughs> Leela's got an eye patch. Um. Elzar comes to the hospital to check on Leela, which is actually quite sweet of Elzar, and. Um, yeah. It wasn't until this moment that I really like took in the fact that Neptunians have four arms and I was because they mm-hmm. really animate his four arms as having like kind of different personalities. <laughs> He's got two arms for gesturing and two arms for like emphasizing. <laughs> um I wish that I had four arms. If I had any sort of like mutation forearms i mean first of all imagine how popular i'd be if i could yeah. jack off five guys at once but i've always thought that having four arms would just be extremely five. useful five. i said four how are you jacking off five you said five. i said four said five. i've only said four two people are time. sitting here telling you you said why are you gaslighting us 
I think you're gaslighting me. I said four. I've only, I hate the number five. I wouldn't have oh. haphazardly said it. Okay. You hate the number five? I've Do you realize how about fucking how out of control you sound right now? God. If only there were a recording of this conversation um, that we could refer to for proof later. I can't wait. Maybe Jinx. I was I jacking one guy off with my feet. You know okay? what? We're going to release the episodes out of order. We're going to put this one out next so you can Great. be wrong sooner. Um, they go to Elzar's <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> he invites them as like an apology and he makes them um, all a special dish. What do we think of these dishes that were made for the different uh, people? My main take of this is that I think everyone looks so hot at this dinner. Um, so before we jump into dishes, I just want to say this. Leela is turning it out. Amy is turning it out. Fry <laughs> is looking very sharp in his little turtleneck. I just think Everyone's everyone is up. looking great. Um, yeah. So just had to acknowledge that. Um, it's great because we so rarely get costume changes for these characters. So yeah. it's nice we to so see their fancy dinner get-ups. Um, I thought it was... I thought the dishes were cute. They're very... Um, I mean, another masturbation sh- joke in like the, what can this guy jerk? What um, yes. jerk chicken? What jerk pork? What meat can't this guy jerk? That's that's our second masturbation joke of it the episode, a, and it's a pretty solid one, I think. Um, yeah, and he can I, jerk I five meats at a time because he has four <laughs> arms. Yeah, shut but, up. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very solid callback. Um, was, yeah, was. I thought it was. I thought it was fun. I like the um, the Bender giving Fry a taste of his robot meal and it burning Fry's Sterno tongue. And then the, mm. yes. <laughs> when I watched that, I texted my partner who is vegan and I was like, this is mm. what it's like when you make me eat yeah. vegan food because <laughs> I scream, I scream, I scream. And then I'm like, yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, wait. One question though about Hermes's dish. La Barbara <laughs> is always making Jamaican food You'd think that yeah. maybe he'd want to break from jerked meats <laughs> at this special dinner. But no, Hermes is a man of simple tastes. He likes weed and he likes <laughs> Jamaican food and that's all he likes. <laughs> and he likes bureaucracy. Um, uh, it, uh, we have a joke about reminding us that Leela is blind. She was given a salad, yes, which I have eating. to say, for her apology, uh, her apology meal, they gave her a pretty okay. basic-looking salad. It's really just lettuce I and tomatoes. I completely agree. <laughs> it felt like a little sexist to me too. That's like, oh, mm. the girl's gonna get a salad. I'm like, I feel like Leela would be eating like a like a T-bone steak. Like that girl looks like she can put it away. We she works we out. See late- she needs her protein. Yeah, we see later in the series, um, in the season, <laughs> in the series. Sorry, I'm all, I'm in the UK. I'm all confused, <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh-huh, sure, oh, we get it. You're worldly. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> we see Leela go to town on some barbecue multiple times throughout. Um, <laughs> Throughout the Futurama franchise at large. Um, at this point, she's just eating a salad. Um, but then, of course, we see that she's actually eating the bouquet of flowers on the table. And I have to say, the bouquet of flowers actually did look more delicious than the salad that they made her. It kind of makes exactly. me want to try eating a whole rose. Actually, I have done that before on stage. It's not bad. I've also done it for a bit. <laughs> it's fine. You can eat it. <laughs> you can eat a rose. <laughs> Who says I can't? Um, Johnny, you ever little... eaten anything weird? <laughs> Have I ever eaten anything weird? Yeah, ever. something you're not supposed to eat. <laughs> nope. 
<laughs> um, no, I did. Uh, this is a weird story, but in middle school, we had to do like a, a speech on like how to do something, and I decided to teach the class how to make latkes with mealworms in them. Um, so <laughs> okay. I did cook mealworm latkes from my class, and then I ate them. What um, kind so of survivalist doomsday it was more prepper? Like, <laughs> it was more like a how can I be aggressively quirky in a Jewish way, which I think is generally how I lead my life. Um, and I think that's sort of how it manifested. But I was really into bugs back then. That's how I was known, weirdly. Honestly, it's good. We should all be eating bugs. It's better for the environment. Truly. So you were the queer Jewish person who ate bugs at your school? <laughs> yeah. And shockingly, Everybody's I was not got wildly one. popular. Um, and... <laughs> Um, yeah, wasn't, wasn't actively queer back then. was just incredibly effeminate. Passively and, queer. Um, in denial. <laughs> right, exactly. Yes. Um, yeah, that was my, my legacy. But it's weird to, like, my friends from childhood will still send me photos of spiders in their house and be like, what is this? And I was like, baby, that was six lives ago. But I will, I will tell you because I do still know. <laughs> What's your favorite spider? <laughs> A jumping spider, obviously. You ever seen them? That's They're so, so cute. Have you ever seen a huntsman spider? I was in Australia. And <laughs> Jesus, we get it. Oh. I was in Australia and we watched Jurassic Park and the mo- when the movie finished, we turned around and there was just a giant, like, um, it looked like an hors d'oeuvre plate sized huntsman spider on the wall uh, and the first person to notice it just froze and was pointing at the wall going we all thought that um he was trying to play a trick on us because we had just watched jurassic park but no it turns out uh, a, a a dinosaur-sized spider was on our wall it was terrifying jinx do you remember when we were at that party in la and the a straight up black widow spider was slowly lowering <laughs> itself down do you remember this and what we met party? the Potterbaugh sisters that night. It was a it was a the comedian birthday party, and no one what? knew who you were because it was a straight comedian. I invite <laughs> my gay f- comedian friend is his bestie, so we went to this straight comedian's birthday party, and the only people who knew you were there were the who knew who you were were the Potterbaugh sisters because they're fag hags. But you were talking to them, and a fucking spider, Black Widow, was inching down and about to climb onto your shoulder, and then we saw it. <laughs> I yes, I, I remember the party. I remember <laughs> aspects of what you just said. I don't remember the Black Widow spider, but that was also when I still drank. So here's yeah. the best thing about being sober from booze now is anytime I don't remember anything, it doesn't matter when it was, what the context was, I just blame it on alcohol now and people normally drop it. Like when someone comes up to me and they're like, hey, remember we met three years ago and we were blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I used to drink heavily and just move on (laughs) (laughs) i learned that trick from willem who also doesn't drink alcohol um she just she just will say to people like no i used to drink heavily and then they and they go "Ooh, sorry sorry of course you don't remember me you alcoholic (laughs) (laughs) honestly even if you still drink that works so try it out yeah Yeah, but (laughs) it's sadder it's sadder if you still drink (laughs) Sorry, I don't know your I name. Like, I drink too much. Blah, 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 drink blah. To, I'm, an, I'm an active alcoholic. <laughs> I would like to um, dance a little bit backward in the conversation to when Jinx used an hors d'oeuvre plate to talk about the size of the spider. 
I think we really glossed over that, Bougie and I really want to go back and harp on that. What an insane point of reference. Okay, I really <laughs> thought this was going to be a safe space today. Ooh, absolutely not. The spider was the size of a Fabergé egg. <laughs> <laughs> a Franklin Mint Fabergé egg. <laughs> you could have said, like, my hand, and instead you said order of plate. This is... Insane. It's the size of it. <laughs> okay, oh let's uh, steamroll through Order this episode a little bit. Order topical because of the, the yeah. we're at a sure. chef. We're at a we chef. still have not <laughs> met the robot mafia in an episode about the robot mafia. So let's let's fast forward. Zoidberg can't pay. No one can pay. Elzar's like, you need to pay, and they're like, what? I thought this was an apology dinner. Um, mm-hmm. so they're all under arrest. But dinner don't worry, but after dinner chocolates, <laughs> we're, we're free. Yes, um, supplementary. This, um, this is Bender an important... Bender works out a deal. It's important to know that Elzar's a huge jerk, because every time yes. Elzar comes back um, in future episodes, he's a huge jackass. So um, this is our first clue that Elzar's not actually a nice person. Um, he seems like a nice person, but then he charged everyone for his apology dinner. Um, I also like, I noticed that, you know, um, we get, a, we get another glimpse at police in the future. They have yes. lightsabers, but they're just kind of hollow sounding batons. And it's nice to know that police of the future, it seems like maybe they finally banned guns in the future. I mean, we know that there's laser I guns because the <laughs> robot mafia has them, but they're also criminals. It seems like maybe, um, um, I don't know. I don't know what. It's like so in Jolly Old England where they on. don't have guns. They just have yeah. billy clubs. I and I would know because I'm currently there. <laughs> oh. um, Bender works out a deal where he's going to work for Elzar to pay off the debt. Um, Elzar, I have no idea why he agreed to this. He doesn't like Bender. And we see that Bender has been given the absolute worst jobs imaginable. He's cleaning the grease trap. He's unplugging the toilet. He doesn't get to cook at all. But... <laughs> Luckily for him, the robot mafia comes into Elzar's. Yeah. What I love is when <laughs> Bender goes, what's the next job for me to do? Saucier? Bender uses the word saucier. <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't know what a saucier was if it wasn't for Futurama. Bender uses the word saucier a lot. Is it the person yeah. in charge of the sauce? I'm assuming it's a sauce maker. <laughs> <laughs> but did they make it from scratch or are they just in charge of maintaining it? <laughs> what a strange job. <laughs> you're a, you're a cook, Johnny. What's a saucier? Yeah. It's, um, I'm not allowed to say on this podcast, it's pretty explicit. Um, I gotta say, like, from a writing standpoint, like, like Jinx was saying, it's like you have this... Usually the way these episodes are structured is you have, like, the first act is, like, a an unrelated story that gets you into the main story. I am obsessed with, like, this is the most insane possible way to get to Bender joining the mob. It goes through <laughs> so many twists and turns. And it actually, usually it's, like, the first five minutes of the episode. It is, like, half of the episode is getting to Bender joining the mob. And yeah. then I, and I think, actually, as a result, and we can talk about this later, that the mob story kind of, ends up being very simple. There's not as many twists and turns as the Futurama story usually has because yeah. they don't have the time because they started the episode with so many insane twists and turns. 
Do you think that they had two half-baked episodes that they just decided to combine? Stitch together. Like some of the writers yeah. worked on like a mob episode but couldn't really f- yeah. flesh it out enough. And maybe yeah. some other writers worked on a uh, an Elzar episode and they were like, separately, this isn't enough to make a whole episode. But together, <laughs> we can Frankenstein that feels together. possible. Yeah. I mean, does that I happen in that, the Simpsons? Then... Do ideas get sort of slapped <laughs> together and combined? There's definitely like they get um you know, this is based, mostly based on what my dad tells me, but there's times where they get ideas get tabled and then they kind of get brought back and sometimes it'll be like, well, we're not sure that's a full episode, but that could definitely be an A story that launches us into the rest mm-hmm. of it. But I also think and maybe this is part of it that Futurama is so good at taking classic tropes and turning them on their head in a futuristic way. And I got to say, I didn't feel like the mob was wildly inspired like it didn't feel like a, a crazy take on a mob story it kind of just felt like a mob story um yeah. and i feel like maybe that's part of why when they were writing this they were like we don't really have a lot to say besides but a clamp but a clamp which i <laughs> loved well maybe it's um, <laughs> just maybe it's just that they needed an episode to introduce the robot mafia because yeah. the robot mafia comes back so often in the show they do come back frequently i do yeah. also let's love talk about that the three members i love that there's a robot mafia period because it really yeah. starts to feel at this point like mom's friendly robot company what their main goal with robots was was to completely <laughs> mimic human human society in robot form almost as if uh-huh. it's some kind of plan b for the future of the earth <laughs> like don't worry <laughs> if humans go it's extinct there will still be organized crime there will still mm-hmm. be like there's a robot for every personality type and um, the robot mafia is a great example of this because they must have been programmed to be mafia members their names are Donbot <laughs> I mean Donbot Donbot's amazing <laughs> she's kind of a James Gandolfini type and then mm-hmm. we've got Clamps, who is very funny. I like Clamps I would a lot. Die for Clamps. Clamps I is really amazing. identify with Clamps in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got one whose name I didn't know until I wrote it down this episode. Johnny Mousepad. Uh, his name is Joey Mousepad. Very Joey close. Mousepad. Joey Mousepad. <laughs> <laughs> Who's an idiot? Um, Joey Mousepad is dumb. quite dumb. But that's, you know, every mafia needs one lunkhead, you know? You got to have yeah. one big, beefy lunkhead, and then you got your short-tempered Clamps. Um, <laughs> Clamps is a wonderful character, and I'm so glad we get him um, multiple times throughout the show. Uh Bender, of course, is a big fan of the robot mafia being a criminal himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that he goes to <laughs> he goes to clear out the table that the mafia want, and he tries to <laughs> he tries to. <laughs> you got this, mom. <laughs> he tries on, to pull everything it. off the table, but then does that trick where he just pulls the tablecloth off and everything. <laughs> days and the family start clapping and he goes oh wait no i meant to do this and then <laughs> scatters the things um and then don bot says i like this guy's lack of style <laughs> <laughs> um and he sucks up to them which the don bot loves but what he loves even more is when bender tries to rip him off a couple times he really likes that well he he's says like, are you like trying are you trying to rip off the don bot and he says well i'm trying but he's not making it very easy 
Don finds this <laughs> amusing. He likes spenders. What does he say? This this chump's got balls. Check or out something. the ball bearings on this guy. Ball bearings. That's what it is. I love. God, I love that joke. So um, Bender quits his job to become a, a hired goon, and he tells Elzar. He shouts, "Hey, Elzar, I quit!" And Elzar just off screen goes. Okay. Okay. It's really funny. The bill He's is just unpaid. so not invested in this episode. <laughs> the bill is unpaid. Elder yeah, doesn't so, give a shit. Um, like after all of that time building up the premise of this episode, it is all cast away in one line. Yeah. One letter. <laughs> one letter. <And laughs> that's more evidence that maybe this is two episodes Frankenstein Frankenstein together. <laughs> Um, to take but... a small step back, there is a bit um, where Leela is adjusting to not being able to see. And she says, I did my own makeup. And she turns her head and her lip is fully like overdrawn onto her cheek. And she has yes. mascara here. I think and I know what, I what you're going to say is because we know of... that Alaska yeah. is a fan Alaska of Futurama. Likes Futurama. <laughs> and, when and in the Alaska... many challenge in season five, when you yes, have to do your yes, makeup when we in the dark. Do our makeup in the dark. <laughs> and when Alaska revealed her face for that mini challenge, I knew then and there that she got it from <laughs> Futurama. Um, because that's the only other place. And because she got it so similar to. It was how so similar. Leela did it. Mm-hmm. So Alaska, listeners of the show, please do a side by side and send that to Jinx, and she'll post yeah. it on her Instagram. Alaska, if you're listening, um, I give you uh, three chef kisses <laughs> for your reference to Futurama. Um, so you and ten Alaska years ago both on stole our TV something show. from Futurama. <laughs> you and Alaska um, both stole something from Futurama and used it on Drag Race. What did I steal from Futurama on Drag Race? <laughs> Southern lawyer. <laughs> Okay, the Southern lawyer trope existed with without Futurama. I knew it. Okay, whatever. I'm not going through this again. I'm not going through this again. I know I'm doing. I know I'm doing the same voice, but it's a trope that already exists of the Southern lawyer going. Now I'm just a simple Southern lawyer. I'm doing Uh, the same voice, but he's doing the same voice as every other Southern lawyer who's came before him. It's all going back to Matlock, I think. Whatever. (laughs) Go on, go on. Bender is doing his first job for the robot mafia. He has to, like, take a disc somewhere or something. And And he he walks into Little Biddly. Little Biddly. Robot Little Italy. Um, This is very funny. And we see Tinny Tim. Tinny Tim is back. I believe this is his Tinny first non Christmas <laughs> appearance. <laughs> yeah, he's selling oil aid. Um, the cops follow Bender, even though they have no just cause. And they even say the line, We'll decide what you were doing after we do an illegal search. Very prescient. Yeah. Thank Lots you, Futurama, for getting the good word mm-hmm. out. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but luckily, Bender had already made the pass off to Tinny Tim. So now Tinny Tim is roped into the yes. robot mafia. <laughs> Poor Tinny Tim. This is very good, fellas, right? <laughs> Didn't little Ray Liotta join the mafia when he was like five? I can't remember. I haven't I seen that know. movie in 15 years. I don't years. know about good fellas, but I do know Bugsy Malone. And this is all very this Why is have all you very seen Bugsy line. Malone? That's so upsetting. Some of Jodie Foster's Johnny, do you know what Bugsy Malone is? No, I came here to talk about Futurama and I'm in over my head. It's a retelling of the Bugsy Malone life and death of the real life person, but it's a musical with all kid actors and Jodie Foster is the main character. 
Oh my god. She's she's not it's the main a, character. Jodie Foster's it's just a the truly best character. deranged movie. I bet Who, back then she was the size of an hors d'oeuvre plate. <laughs> <laughs> um no, she's like 13 years old. She plays a she plays a um speakeasy club singer. Huge lesbian. <laughs> she anyway. basically plays Jinx. <laughs> she plays Jinx. I did this is draw early dream. inspiration. Um Anyway, mm-hmm. I will uh, say I watched every How Did This Get Made movie, and they did that movie, and I could not finish it. <laughs> I it's just an turned amazing, it off at some point. No, Bugsy it's Malone is an amazing So hard film. to watch. The music is great. <laughs> They're lip syncing to adult, adult voices. voices. It's very upsetting. <laughs> Wait, who plays There's Bugsy? There's like a bunch of 12 year olds doing like a sexy can can number. Bugsy? I hate it. It's also a big actor. Is oh it doesn't God. matter. It's not Christian Slater. It's, um, what's <laughs> it his does name? It's not matter. Not Walter Matthau. <laughs> Who is it? Oh, my husband's bringing me. It is Bugsy Malone is played by Scott Bayo at 12 years Scott old. Bayo. Anyway, okay. <laughs> Another so back reason to not the to robot watch it. Mafia. <laughs> There's a great scene. Uh, we have uh, the robot mafia in a meat locker and they're shaking this guy down because he's not paying his bills. And they Wait say, a second. We'll. <laughs> they are Go at ahead. Fronties Fronties Meat Market. <laughs> okay, I didn't catch that. That's very funny. Fronties oh Meat Market is is where it's the <laughs> robot headquarters, the robot mafia headquarters. They're shaking down some shop owner, someone mixed up with the mafia, and he says, "Please, Donbot, have mercy," and they shoot him hundreds of times with hundreds Tommy guns <laughs> <laughs> and then and then Donbot as he's laying there motionless on the floor Donbot goes let that be a warning to you and the robot stands up and goes thank you Donbot <laughs> I loved that because he's a very robot good. he can survive the perfect <laughs> like in the way that the spice weasel is very much like not a Futurama necessary joke like that robot joke is a very Futurama necessary joke and mm-hmm. I really I really appreciated that <laughs> yeah, the the robot jokes are kind of a bread and butter of Futurama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a binary joke. I'm I will say I'm yes. a little we're only two seasons in and I'm uh. I'm a little over the binary jokes. They're constant. <laughs> <laughs> There's ones and zeros jokes constantly. Yep. They do lean uh, on that. it a little bit. Um so w- another detail I love is the meat that's hanging in this meat locker. There's a bunch of futuristic looking meat. <laughs> What were some of them, James? I don't know, but like I know in the freezer they had some frozen giant slugs um, that we know <laughs> is a staple in future cooking. They eat a lot of giant slugs. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of space slugs. But there was one thing hanging from a meat hook that looked like a hermit crab shell, but very big. <laughs> I don't know what that's <laughs> all about. Anyway, so Bender joins the robot <laughs> mafia um for real he now decides he's his of... uh, mafia name is blotto <laughs> and when i worked for a children's theater i was writing a show with the kids and i decided one of the characters should be named blotto <laughs> and it was a oh placeholder name but we never replaced it so there was just a high schooler <laughs> named blotto <laughs> blotto Excellent. is a funny thing because blotto um is an like kind of a old school term for being blackout drunk you're blotto yes um, also, um, when I was a kid, there was a, you know, there's a movie called Balto, which is about, um, sled <laughs> Do you dogs, Balto. Balto, it's about a, uh, it's about a sled dog, Did but he he's half, the... 
He's half wolf, so no one trusts him because they think he's too wild. But then he ends up being the best sled dog of all. Um, and I remember doesn't we he pull- bring diphtheria medication to someone to Isn't some that little what it's girl? About? Yes, yeah. but. Um, my one time we had pulled into the parking lot there's of a talking goose Hollywood in it. video and my grandma said kids you want us to rent blotto because she had misread balto and we all thought it was the funniest fucking thing just that she said should we get bald blotto anyway that's my relationship to the word blotto <laughs> oh i think i know my line here um camille cut this <laughs> Oh wow, Johnny's you taking have to some do it like liberties. <laughs> Johnny, what's your, your relationship game, to the word blotto, huh? Let's see how easy it is um, for you to think up banter. Would, as of today, very contentious. I'm I'm not loving it to be honest. Uh so Bender, I, I really can't wrap my head around this. Bender has abandoned his position on Planet Express. Fry goes to his bedroom, which apparently he has, and he says, time for our blast-off Sundays, which is great. It's very funny. They apparently have a Sunday every time they fly into space. (laughs) But Um, Bender has put up a recording of him saying, oh, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm truly ill, I have to lay here. But... That's just what he says. He says, I'm, no, he says, I'm genuinely, (laughs) I'm genuinely sick. (laughs) I'm genuinely sick. (laughs) (laughs) um so then they take off okay we also get a hint at um how destructive leela's pride can be because she's insisting on flying the plane while completely blind um she blasts through the roof of the planet express office building hermes screams that's coming out of your pay to zoidberg who immediately starts crying Leela says a good captain can fly a plane just by feel. I think a good captain would know that no one should be driving blind. Um, but whatever. Leela has a lot of pride. It at times is a source of her downfall. Um. Those three jokes back to back of like Bender being sick, Leela blindfold flying the ship, and then it like coming out of Zoidberg's pay. It's like three jokes that make no sense back to back to back. And it's like the craziest 30 seconds of this episode is definitely that it's just like none of none of those three things make any sense. The episode is in free fall at this point. <laughs> it absolutely is. Yeah. Also, isn't there an autopilot? <laughs> like there is an autopilot, but we haven't been introduced to them I know, yet. but there's we know that Literally, there's an episode later where they get a different ship and they literally hit one button and it just flies there for them. Now, surely there's something roughly equivalent. But it doesn't Lila's even have to have pride, a personality. Leela's pride can be won't allow her to lean on the autopilot. Um, <laughs> so they're in space. Bender's with a robot mafia. He thinks he's like having the best of both worlds, but it quickly gets revealed that the patsies in their latest um, heist are Planet Express, and they're going to steal the Zubin g- 
cigars, the Zubin cigars, yes. <laughs> the best cigars in the galaxy. Um, and Bender, you know, we get a little sense of Bender's actual like care for his co-workers because he says, so we're going to do this without killing anyone, right? And he gets kind of anxious because he realizes they're going to they're going to heist the Planet Express ship and he wants to keep his friends safe throughout this, but also can't. He also doesn't want to like miss out on his uh, chance to be in with the robot mafia. So Bender's got some fancy like, footwork cut out for him. I like this level of Bender being evil because sometimes <laughs> it truly seems like he wants to murder Fry. <laughs> and I think yeah. that's a little off-putting as a viewer. This is the right level of criminal Bender. It's a yeah, real it's balancing like selfish act. but not cruel. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing yeah. his best to help them out. So they successfully invade the ship after shooting some lasers and missiles we, at it. We get an uncharacteristically competent Fry because Fry is managing to kind yes. of fend off the robot mafia while also steering the ship because Leela is holding Nibbler's food dish, thinking that she's steering the ship. Um, so Even Fry is not having to like to anything. <laughs> Fry's having to marionette the ship while he's also operating the ship's um, gun. So Fry is uncharacteristically competent here. But soon Leela gets control of the wheel again when she realizes well, she the raised says. letters. <laughs> Go ahead. Why do the raised letters that usually say Turnmaster Steering Wheel Company say Nibbler? <laughs> <laughs> that was her only tell. The only she, tell. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, she's just going like boop, 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 back and forth. Like she's like a in a in a bad movie on a green screen green car <laughs> and she thinks she's affecting the steering of the ship <laughs> yes um the she steers the ship right back towards the robot mafia ship clamps uses his clamps to clamp the <laughs> ship but also clamps the fuel line which has a sign <laughs> caution do not clamp um, apparently clamping is a way they do things <laughs> in the future <laughs> This is the a, a perfect time, clamps joke. Clamps, yes. clamps is just sh shouldn't exist. There's no reason for him <laughs> to have clamps, and yet the universe keeps presenting him with ways to clamp, opportunities to clamp. I and love when it. Joey Mousepad says, <laughs> "Do you think maybe you should use your clamps?" And clamps says, "What do you think I'm gonna use my clamps, which I use at every given opportunity? You're a freaking genius, you idiot!" <laughs> There's a lot of really good I, writing here. This like entire plot could have been like really coherent. I think if they hadn't spent half the episode making clamps jokes, um, is that a note I would give? Absolutely not. I am obsessed with all the clamps jokes, but it is so funny to me how much of this episode is devoted to like clamps's trajectory. Um, I think that clamps is a bit of a Joe Pesci parody hearing you quote that line back because mm. there's like the, I don't know if it's in Raging Bull or Casino where he's like, what, am I a clown to you? You think I'm funny? And it's also very similar to on Animaniacs with the, the good pigeons, the good feathers. The good <laughs> the feathers? 
You know, are you sure it's not a reference to Home Alone? Yeah. <laughs> Another <Yeah>. Joe Pesci classic. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted to reference Joe Pesci. They worked backwards from that, and they decided yeah. to go with Home Alone <laughs> for this mafia episode. <laughs> idiot. Um, okay. Okay, so Bender has changed his voice to King because he knows that uh, Leela is blinded and... Um, there's a very funny line that points out how stupid it is that they're blindfolding them in general because Donbot says, go ahead and blindfold them before they see us some more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they are both blindfolded and Bender walks in there talking with a British accent. Jinx knows all about those. Well, let's, <laughs> let's talk about this for a second because when I was watching this episode, I watched it with subtitles on and it said, Bender, British accent. And then Bender proceeds <laughs> to do something that is absolutely not a British accent and is... <laughs> The second time with Tinny Tim where a British accent is done in this episode and it is nowhere <laughs> close to anything English. Um, and well, I was obsessed with that. But, but it, it had it, the mood of being it, British. It, it, it <laughs> has the flavor, you know, the, it, a soupçon of British. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's funny because it still sounds exactly like Bender. And we do hear Leela mm -hmm. say eventually his voice sounds kind of familiar. Um, but for all intents and purposes, they think that Bender has been taken out by the robot mafia. Bender is getting away with it. Nibbler, of course, recognizes Bender, but Bender <laughs> puts him under a bucket with a brick that takes care of Nibbler. It kind of feels mm -hmm. like they're just like, well, we've set up all these insane premises, but we got to wrap it up. <laughs> Something about this episode <laughs> feels like was someone dared to make this episode? It feels like a truth or dare had gone way too far. <laughs> but it is so funny because like the natural course of these episodes is like everything seems like it's going to wrap up well and then it goes really wrong again and then it wraps up and that, that second beat just doesn't happen. It just like you're like, well, this couldn't possibly wrap up and then it, it just does it and it's fine. <laughs> and it just does and it's fine. Well, Bender uh, is assigned to go beat up Bender because they hear the recording of Bender in Bender's bedroom. Um, mm -hmm. So he goes in there and he smashes the machine. And then uh, they are loading all the Zubin cigars onto the mafia ship. <laughs> and Bender says, decides to stay behind to burn the ship. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, you burn down the ship. Clamps, you burn down the crew. <laughs> um, Bender offers to do it for the Donbot, which wins in favor with Donbot. But also, you know, now Bender's able to keep his friends safe. My favorite thing is that Donbot then says... Good job, Blotto. You're this. You might have just earned yourself your own pair of clamps. <laughs> what clamps is, is that not happy. Like? That's how they reward people in the That's robot perfect. mafia is with clamps, and of course, clamps, and clamps kind of like gives him a death stare on the way out. Like you better <laughs> watch your place. <laughs> I love it. So Bender. Bender goes back in and he ties himself up and pretends he was tied up there the whole time. And I have to say, this reminded me of that prank where you're like in a Target. There's a bunch of videos of this. You're like in a Target and someone's like really shopping. So they're like paying attention to in front of them. And then you put a bucket on their head, but then you put a bucket on your own head also. And then you wait a second so <laughs> to take off your bucket. So when they take off their bucket, they say you taking off yours and you just kind of go, Huh, I don't know. I don't know what happened, but you're the only two people around. Have you seen this? 
<laughs> yeah. It's a Japanese prank show, I think. It's always funny. <laughs> Jinx, have you seen it? No. You should watch You're it. You're talking it's about really it like it's something we've about Bugsy all done. <laughs> Johnny's seen it? You're talking I have about seen it. this random internet And prank. Johnny's not even a world traveler like you. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. You don't know my life. <laughs> Johnny wrote for The Simpsons. You think Johnny hasn't been the to the Simpsons. fucking UK by now? <laughs> well, Johnny's a fucking connoisseur of comedy, and he knows the bucket prank. <laughs> yeah, I don't right. you. I'm... This episode is already two hours long, so let's wrap it up here. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> okay, they... Um... They are rubbing uh, the ropes against Bender's <laughs> arms to free Somehow, themselves. And they're like, it it, it's Bender's about to break. It's about to, to break. <laughs> yeah, it makes Bender's arm break instead of the rope. And they make it, they escape. <laughs> and back at um, Planet Express, this episode has like six endings. Um, back at Planet <laughs> yeah. Express, they cut off Leela's eye patch. Um, and her vision returns Zoyberg and she sees Blotto's... Leela's <laughs> eye patch because he's like... Uh, oh, I love that. <laughs> he has this the is equipment. also <laughs> foreshadowing for an episode that comes like five seasons later <laughs> where, where Zoidberg basically <laughs> proves his worth only by snipping things. <laughs> like he's the, he's the crew doctor, but really what he's there for is to snip things. Um mm. And then we have the we have the gag about Leela thinking she's seeing. Uh, so you know, on the ship, Blotto. her eye patch came yeah. off at one point, and she saw Bender for a second. Now she thinks she sees Blotto once more, and we think Bender's going to get called out. But um, who is it instead? Professor. The professor. Uh, <laughs> so basically, this whole episode was for nothing because there's no consequences. Bender leaves the robot mafia once he gets his take. Um, and no one finds out that Bender was involved and everything just goes back to normal with zero consequences, which normally happens anyway. But this time it really mm -hmm. feels like, like, was this episode necessary or did they just have to fill out the season? <laughs> It really is like they spent so much time figuring out how they were going to get to Bender joining the mob. And then once Bender joins the mob, they were like completely uninterested in that story <laughs> in any respect. Like it just goes by so quickly. And it's so funny that an episode that seems so pointless is also so well written. And <laughs> there's so many good jokes. And that's like, um, that's, that's, that's why I love Futurama. Its worst yeah. episodes are still hilarious. Johnny, I have a question for you. Um, speaking of consequences at the end of an episode, uh, <laughs> cartoons oh, usually God. don't sort of have consequences. Like you always end up where you start. But occasionally yeah. something changes. In your episode of The Simpsons, uh, Smithers gets a dog. In the yeah. future episodes, do we see that dog with Smithers? Um, this is so funny. I was just like um, tweeting rampantly as the episode was coming out, trying to publicize myself. And I was like, thanks to me, Smithers canonically has a dog. And then the fans were like, canonically? Like, you get to just say that? And then someone else was like, there's no canon in The Simpsons. One of the creators said that. And I was like, I don't, I'm not getting paid enough to care about this. I don't, I'm just going to tweet whatever I want to tweet. Um, so there was that. And then I did tweet like, yeah, thanks to me, The Simpsons, Smithers now has a dog. And then someone was like, like very, like that guy in that other Simpsons episode was like, um, actually, in episode 304, um, and apparently Smithers, like, was shown walking a dog at some point in the series. 
So he theoretically already had a dog, and we just gave him. We just replaced. What that if dog. that dog died? It it what does if that seem dog like. Died? And we didn't get an Dogs episode. Do about die, it. everyone. I hate to break it to you, but we what? do. <laughs> I do think that The Simpsons has been around for so long that it 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 does seem hard sometimes for. And this is nothing against your father, Johnny, or you. Um, <laughs> but it does seem that we have gotten to the point where some episodes of The Simpsons, uh, they forgot that things have already happened. I can't remember this specific example. Oh, oh yes. But I was, watching a, I was watching a more recent episode where they were introducing something like it was a new idea. And I'm like, but wait, there's literally two episodes that already explained this. But... Yep. That said, I have said this many times, and you're a fan of this podcast, so I might sound like a broken record. I never want to live in a world without The Simpsons. The Simpsons have been on (laughs) as long as I've been alive. If they ever end The Simpsons, I'm afraid I might end as well. Um, I'm sure that's a symptom (laughs) of my OCD, but I am hoping that they find a way that The Simpsons can go indefinitely because I'm pretty sure my life force is linked to The Simpsons. (laughs) So Listen, could you make that happen? no signs of stopping. <laughs> yeah, I'll make some calls. <laughs> um, I will, I'll pull some strings. Uh, I mean, I know that... some of the voice actors are getting pretty old, but I volunteer myself as uh, I can Tribute. do a good, I can do a good Marge. <laughs> Amazing. Let's hear it. Please. Say I do. Um, <clears throat> I, I hope that Marge knows <laughs> how lucky she is. I do. <laughs> no, that was a terrible yeah, one. Um, no, that's Homer, perfect. Homer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I sound like Bart trying to do Marge. <laughs> I, I, I actually do a decent Marge, but I feel a little put on the spot, and now it feels like I can never do Marge again. I, but I did literally put you on the spot, so that makes sense. Um, I've got some S and M for you. Scrubbing <laughs> and mopping. <laughs> that is pretty. It, can I tell you a little muppety, but excellent. <laughs> I'll get better. See, at I just it. think I'll they're neat. That's it. my favorite Marge line. I I just think they're neat. I just think they're neat. <laughs> that was okay, we perfect. got a couple of tapes. Yeah, um, we got a good one in there. Anyway, Julie Kavner, um, well, I'm coming for your gig. <laughs> <laughs> that wraps up the episode. Jinx, are you prepared for the yes. questioning? These are the okay, compulsory Johnny, questions. Did, what, no, hey, stop. I'm... I have to hit the button. What? Have you done this show before? Oh, God, me. Hey, hey. Let me ask you something. Okay, go ahead. Johnny, first question. Mm. Of all the Futurama characters, who would you do? Oh, okay. I have a two-part answer. Um... I got to say in his episode, Fry and that snazzy little turtleneck, (laughs) um, to which I'm paying homage right now. (laughs) He was doing it for me. And I think he's the kind of stupid where he just has like a massive dong and doesn't know how to use it, which I do. Unfortunately, canonically, Um, (laughs) we know that he doesn't. (laughs) I, I, that makes like, I understand that. I just don't believe it based on his vibe. That man has big dick energy just based on being a himbo. Maybe he has a big dick for our times, but like in the future, (laughs) dicks are just bigger. Are just massive. Like professors is scraping the floor. (laughs) (laughs) You've just outed yourself as a size queen and I love it. Um, What was the second part to this answer? (laughs) The second part is I think 
Amy would be like phenomenal in bed. I just think you'd have an awesome time with her. Um, yeah, and that I episode it. where Fry and Amy start hooking up is ultimately very hot to me. So, so I, you want to have I'd an love to MMF be, threesome? I'd love to be sandwiched in the middle of that um, Fry and Amy goodness. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Of all the characters, who do you most relate to? Um, okay. Well, I am incompetent and Jewish, so Zoidberg feels like the obvious choice. <laughs> but I do... Ultimately, think also during this episode rewatch, like Tinny Tim really speaks to me. Um, I, see I love it. when he shows up and then Fry kicks him and he goes, Fine, kick, sir. I'm like, That is so <laughs> me with any authority figure. I'm also always doing a terrible Cockney accent, so I really feel like that resonates with me. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. final question. <laughs> I feel like this is such a loaded question for someone who's in the um, already <laughs> part of the uh, the Matt Groening universe incestuous family <laughs> that, that exists. We all live in a house, if you recall. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. But um, now that you've watched this episode, um, will you be watching more Futurama um, moving forward? Um. Yes, because it is one of the shows that I, I do watch. You know, it's interesting, though. I feel like... This is a weird comparison, but when I saw Wicked, I just was like having such a good time and you just let it wash over you. And when you when I saw Hamilton, it was like I was on the edge of my seat trying to hear every word because it is so dense. And mm-hmm. I feel like Futurama is like Hamilton in that respect. God, this is a horrible white person <laughs> sentence. Futurama is like Hamilton in that respect in that you're just like you have to be paying attention to every line because it is so dense and it's so funny and well written. But I actually find it sort of not relaxing because of that like i'm worried i'm gonna miss something and even i watched this episode twice in preparation of this episode and you guys oh, still wow. quoted lines that i had that i had missed and i'm like that's crazy and um, only some of them we wrote down we just we know yeah. too much it's possible to know too much johnny unreal the humor is thick and fast um this is a phrase that keeps coming up in my life because apparently british reviewers love the phrase thick and fast i've had two reviews of my show come out where they say the jokes are thick and fast and i don't i've never heard it before i know out of their jinx Brits have disgusting (laughs) phrases for everything. She says this as she looks at her husband off screen. (laughs) I did look at my husband off screen. He's sitting there texting someone. Anyway, um, Johnny, 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 Johnny Lezebnik, thank you so much for being our guest today. I dare say we will have to have you on um, again in the future because you are so knowledgeable about all of this. Um, I would love that. And our, if you guys ever do this, um, the Simpsons episode with Bender in it also, I feel like oh. let's talk about that. that Maybe that can be, be like a Patreon offshoot. exclusive. Ooh, or, sure. or yeah, like an off season, <laughs> like a little yeah, placeholder when we take our next <laughs> season hiatus. Um, I'd also... Listen, I'm unemployed right now. Have <laughs> me back whenever. <laughs> Listen, we're going to need you to make up with your ex-boyfriend um, Futurama right. kid, mm-hmm. just so that we have that in. Uh, <laughs> if you that, wouldn't mind bridging sure. that gap. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. You know what? Everyone text your ex. <laughs> Always a good idea. <laughs> Period. Words to live by. <laughs> Thank you so much for being our guest today, Johnny. Thank you so much, Johnny.
Um, everyone, if you, so have, amazing. <laughs> if you haven't already watched the episode, um, oh, 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 what's it called? Something lackey, a lackey to remember. Portrait of a lackey <laughs> on fire. <laughs> Portrait of a lackey on fire. <laughs> um, watch Johnny's episode of uh, The Simpsons. Watch New Rugrats. Um, <laughs> and follow uh, Johnny on Instagram because that's where he's posting all his thought pics. And, um, <laughs> um, Instagram for thought pics, Twitter for thoughts. <laughs> and sometimes pics. <laughs> I just blew Jinx's mind with that one. Jinx is, <laughs> that's yeah. why you're a writer. That's your She's writer. She's still processing that joke. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for nepotism. I'm Jinx Monsoon. <laughs> and um, this was I'm 40% Podcast. Join us next week for a brand new episode. And until then, have a futuristic day, everyone. <laughs> Wow, 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 wow,